Welcome back to the Midcast, where we talk about sports, and it is NFL Draft Eve. Well, the podcast will be coming out the day of the draft, but I'm going to record this in advance because there's no way I'll get this out in time. We're going to be talking about my final mock draft that I have. The first one that I made did not age very well, as uh, obvious as that may sound, because it was a few months ago. Uh, hopefully this one is a little more accurate, but I'm excited. I have things to look forward to as a Giants fan already hit rock bottom. So all I can do is look up. So let's get right into this. So starting at number one, we got Jacksonville selecting number one overall Trayvon Walker from Georgia. I was really leaning towards Aiden Hutchinson being here, but I read something about how uh, the general manager really wants Trayvon Walker, and the owner was saying that he wants Aiden Hutchinson. But I feel like when it comes down to the decision, it most of the time is the owner. But when you got the general manager, he probably could – find some way somehow to get the guy he thinks is uh, worth the number one spot. Trayvon Walker's uh, draft stocks went up significantly over the past few weeks, and I don't really find any problem with it because when you look at him, he's got all the things that you could work with. He's talented. He's got the physical uh, talents and I feel like it'd just be a perfect fit in Jacksonville. Might as well just throw in another project <laughs> when you look at uh, the rest of the roster. But, um, yeah, and then at number two, we got Aiden Hutchinson going to Detroit. Edge rusher, polished. And uh, I think he's number one overall, like, if Trayvon Walker wasn't so like physically talented, but but he Aiden Hutchinson, in my opinion, is tied for second with Kayvon Thibodeau with like the most polished uh most game breaking abilities uh an edge rusher can bring. Probably the best player in the draft. Uh, looking at it from a polished perspective, like you wouldn't need to work on him very much. He'd be a day one uh, blue chip player. He'd be in there already, maybe even a Pro Bowl first year. But yeah, Michigan guy going to Detroit. What could go wrong? And 
Lions need anything right now, so Aiden Hutchinson can go in there and provide a spark on that defense. And at number three, I was really debating on Houston taking a lineman or an edge rusher. And when you look at it, you're like, they got a left tackle, they got some missing pieces on the right side of the line, but... When you look at their defense, there's not a lot there. They just lost their safety. They also just don't have a lot going with corners. They don't have. They're missing a lot of pieces, and uh, I feel like ever since JJ Watt left, they're missing that guy, that cornerstone guy that can really just make his presence known to the offense. And I think they get a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau. I feel like their new head coach Lovey will really, really want an edge rusher. Because if you look in the past, when you see their drafts prior, they like edge rushers. So I don't see why the trend would stop now. And plus, Kayvon Thibodeau, everyone keeps saying there's problems with him, but I really I really like him. I think he has no issues. I think, I think he's going to be a straight dog in the league. And he's personally my favorite. I was hoping he would somehow fall to my New York Giants. But at the end of the day, I feel like the Texans, if they passed on Kayvon Thibodeau, they'd be biting or kicking themselves in their butt. And then when you look at number four, I was also in the same kind of boat. I was like, Jets could really just go for any position right now where they're at. And I was specifically thinking between three things edge rusher tackle and a cornerback anything in the secondary even a safety but I feel like ERC three of the biggest edge rushers go off the board and then you see you see uh, Gardner, Sauce Gardner on there. You see uh, Evan Neal and then Ike McGuanu. But you feel like your O-line is good enough to where you don't need to spend another first-round pick for a tackle. So, Or even later, even just going at number 10 for another tackle. But right now, you feel like you need somebody to help you out on the defensive side of the ball. And I thought, who would be better than sauce Gardner going to the jets at number four this quarterback did not allow a single passing touchdown in college three for three years he was in college football and did not allow a single passing touchdown I just feel like that's what the jets need they need that guy on that defense to actually help out they got a solid I feel like their defensive line is underrated and I think they don't need to add any more pieces at least from the first round onto it and when you look at what sauce could provide it's just he could keep down he could keep that wide receiver one on the opposite team locked down and so that way it makes it easier for your secondary and sauce is just a cool guy man <laughs> I, would, I would have loved him to go to the giants too but uh you can't have everybody but I am excited for this next pick at number five, New York Giants select offensive tackle from Alabama, Evan Neal. They finally get themselves a right tackle. That would just be an absolute stud. 
big dude, 6'7", 330, something pounds. Absolute unit. And he's also not just played right tackle. He's played left tackle, guard. He's played several positions. So he's easily considered versatile. And I feel like just the... Uh, the big frame will just translate super well in the NFL because, like, even though he's like three hundred and thirty something pounds, like he really does not look like that. He he just he just looks really good in a non-sus way. But uh, yeah, uh, no homo. The dude's amazing. Uh, number six. I know people are saying that he would take a quarterback. Uh, uh, he, I mean, Carolina would take a quarterback, but um, there, for one thing, we heard their offensive coordinator say that Sam Darnold's their quarterback for the next starting, uh, for the next season, and then also their general manager, I think either today or yesterday, said something like they'll look into drafting a quarterback, but they feel comfortable in Sam Darnold that he's a good quarterback too. And I don't know if that's just a smoke screen or anything, but I feel like if they can't trade out a number six, which in my mock draft they couldn't trade out, um, they're going to stay there and pick a tackle because that's what would be better in the long run. I feel like they would, uh, I feel like they get Ike Maguanu from North Carolina State. They get themselves a nasty, a nasty tackle dude this guy is absolutely violent in the run game and then also he just is like one of those guys that you'd love to watch on film you love to watch him on sunday and um his pass protection is it's pretty good it's a it still needs work but overall like i mean you're getting a stud tackle help solidify your o-line and uh, if you're really wanting to stick with Sam Darnold, I mean, you got Sam Darnold some protection. I don't know how much that will help. Uh, hopefully they get somebody else to compete with Darnold. And at number seven, I had the Giants not being able to trade out. I was really thinking that they would, I mean, maybe on uh, the actual draft day, they'll be able to trade out a seven, but. I feel like nobody really wants to trade up into like one through ten this year. So I had them go with the unexpected route. Instead of getting edge rusher, they go cornerback from LSU, Derek Stingley Jr. And I know this one's a little bit of a shocker because people uh they say that he's really inconsistent because he was injured over the past few years. The only good year he's had was his rookie year in college. But when you watch his pro day, he was like really solid. And he still looked like he had that drive to play. And also the talent is there. There's just no doubt about his talent. And I feel like if if he turns out really like if he turns out to translate very well for the Giants he would just be one of the best picks from this draft or one of the steals, I would say. And then uh, there was a lot of ways Atlanta could go because their roster is a dumpster fire right now. But I thought it was interesting that they got uh, Marcus Mariota. So I was looking into it. I was thinking 
they wouldn't go for a quarterback at first. I think they would need a wide receiver because they don't their wide receiver core is like pretty much gone right now. And their defense isn't amazing. Uh, they got AJ Terrell though; he's a stud. But um, I don't know. I I saw things about having good meetings with Malik Willis, and Malik Willis is also from Atlanta, so I was like the connections there. Um, so yeah, I had uh, number eight Malik Willis going to the Atlanta Falcons, and. Uh, so basically the re- the thought process behind that was not only what I said earlier, but also he wouldn't be pressured to start right away. He could sit behind Mariota and he could develop as a quarterback and they could hopefully build that roster up, uh, through this, hopefully through part of this year's draft. And then also, uh, they could start next year as well and just give him the time he needs to develop. Cause like. He's got really good gifts. He's he's really good at throwing the football. Uh, a little bit of accuracy trouble, like if we're nitpicking. But um, he can also run. He's a big dude, and he can he he also gets people off of him. Like he had the most missed uh, most missed tackles uh, this season in college uh, football. So. But he didn't play in a very high level of football, is what a lot of people say. But I don't really think that matters because when you look at Josh Allen, he didn't come from like what people consider a, a high level uh, football uh, area. Can't even think of the word I'm trying to say right now. But you look at him; he's got the same. He had the same kind of gifts. He was fat. He he had the athleticism. He had the arm talent, and he just had the motivation to put in the work and be coachable. But he had the play right away. So Malik Willis would have that time to sit out and develop as a quarterback, and then hopefully he could turn into somebody like Josh Allen or even better. Maybe talking about him years to come. At number nine. Uh, Seattle, I was trying to see if there would be any teams that would trade out with them. But unfortunately, they they decided to stay there. And I was hoping that they would get be able to trade back. But I just didn't see anywhere, any teams that would be wanting to trade up uh, with their spot. And the thought process was if they could trade back, they could get a little bit of draft capital for next year. Because I know they, they know that... Uh, or we know that they said that they're not rebuilding, but we also know that they're technically rebuilding when they trade away their their uh, franchise quarterback and cut Bobby Wagner and stuff. And I feel like they just kind of get the best player on the board right now, and they get Jermaine Johnson, Florida uh, State edge rusher. Uh, I feel like he could have gone top five as well, or top seven because the guy is pretty good. Uh, when you when you watch him, he he reminds you of a very polished edge rusher. Like he doesn't have to be coached a whole lot, and he's pretty he's got pretty good talent. So I felt like that was to be a good pick. I know we could have gone like Charles Cross or something here, but I mean, might as well just spice it up. You don't have a quarterback that you have to protect. <laughs> Like, if we're talking about Drew Locke and Geno Smith, we're fine. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we, I think Jermaine Johnson would be good there. 
Uh, we look at number 10, uh, New York Jets. They try to get some phone calls to see if anyone would trade in their spot. And uh, no one was available, or no one wanted to trade up. So they go ahead and get them their, uh, a weapon for Zach Wilson, and I got them Jamison Williams from Alabama. And I really just don't think his draft stock should have been affected this much because uh, of his ACL tear. But I still think he should be the number one wide receiver off the board. So, honestly, he probably would have went uh, in the top five if his uh, ACL wasn't torn. But uh, other people in front, I don't think they're going to be too interested in a in a wide receiver. Maybe Atlanta. Or Seattle. I feel like Seattle's set on wide receivers right now. So, yeah, I have the Jets taking Jamison Williams, uh, pair up with like Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. And they got Michael Carter in the backfield. I feel like that would just kind of make that offense a little bit more valid. Like, you got a guy that's very fast. He's, uh, he can run all kinds of routes. He can go vertical. He can go. Like, if you even need him to do more shorter routes like curls and uh, shallow routes, he's just, he's got the yak that uh, players like, I don't know, Debo Samuel provide, but he's not like, he's just got really good speed as well. So, yeah, Jamison Williams, number 10 to the New York Jets. And then at number 11. We look at Washington, and they draft a wide receiver from Ohio State, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is pretty close to be being uh, the top wide receiver in this draft. And he just has really good route running. He's fast. And also him and Terry McLaurin would be so fun to watch. Even though I I personally wish it wasn't again in our division in my division, but Carson Wentz, you get him another weapon. Carson Wentz, I'm sorry, I still think it's funny that Carson Wentz went to Washington. I feel horrible for all you Commander fans, but uh, yeah, you get Garrett Wilson, Terry McLaurin, and uh, hopefully you have yourself a field day, Carson Wentz, because those two guys are gonna be absolute studs. And then at number 12, this is where our first trade is. I, so Minnesota, Stingley's off the board, and they get a phone call from New Orleans saying that they want to trade up to, with them. So they trade up with New Orleans, or New Orleans trades up. Uh, Minnesota goes down the board, and New Orleans goes ahead and makes sure they get themselves a new tackle named Charles Cross from Mississippi State. They jump ahead of Houston, and uh, they jump ahead of Houston. They get in front of Philadelphia. Uh, Essentially, they get themselves in the mix for a good tackle, making sure that Houston wasn't going to take them off the board. And Charles Cross is pretty solid. Uh, He gets, like... When you watch him play, most of the time he's controlling the defender, but whenever he gets like bull rush, you can see him giving up a lot of ground and 
it could be a little bit of a problem, but I feel like that's something that could be coached up pretty well. And then back to Houston at number 13. They were looking to see if there's a trade partner, but couldn't get it done. And we see them draft themselves. Instead of going like defense, they go to offense and they get themselves another wide receiver to pair up with Brandon Cooks named Drake London, wide receiver from USC. They get themselves a guy that will just be able to big frame, always get a chance to catch the ball 50-50. This guy will be super good. I feel like people think just because he can't get the separation like normal receivers, they don't realize that he's a big guy. He can he can get space just because of how big his frame is. Anyway, that's why I got him at Houston. And number 14, this is kind of like a this is kind of like everybody's pick. I have uh, Baltimore picking Jordan Davis from Georgia. They just got to get a big dude in the trenches. And I think it would be awesome to have Calias Campbell, uh, since they signed him back for a one-year deal, kind of like you know mentor Jordan Davis and get their big guy uh, for the future. And then we look at number 15. Um. This one was hard. I thought, I know uh, Philadelphia really wanted to address linebacker and corner, and they drafted a bunch of wide receivers in the past, so I was thinking, hmm, maybe they might draft a wide receiver here, but when you look at the people that are drafting after, you see Minnesota, because they traded with the New Orleans in my mock draft. And then you see the Chargers and then back to Philly. So I think they go ahead and get themselves a corner so that way they can make sure that Minnesota doesn't get a corner here. And they get Trent McDuffie from Washington. And that w- I feel like that would be pretty good for their secondary because they need something like that to pair up with Darius Slay. And um, when you look at... Minnesota, they're going to be a little bummed out that they can't get their corner. But at number 16, they get themselves their safety, Kyle Hamilton. So they do address the secondary just in a different way. They get themselves a stud, safety, great value. And they also built for the future here, or they got picks for the future. And then we go to number 17. Uh, We see the Chargers. They could have gone wide receiver or something. I feel like they addressed the defense enough in free agency that they're going to go on the offense side of the ball. And they're going to get themselves a tackle named Trevor Penning. And uh, this one's kind of controversial. But um, I think they need a right tackle because they lost Bulaga. And uh, why not protect yourself in the most dangerous, or like the most. tough division now we got uh the broncos they got some serious edge rushers uh we look at the raiders they got chandler jones now um you just gotta address that the chiefs aren't chiefs don't have an edge rusher yet so we'll see if that happens in this first round mock draft but yeah protect your quarterback justin herbert and then at number 18 back to philly I think this is where they draft their wide receiver. They get Chris Olave to pair up with Devontae Smith. And, uh, yeah, 
I love Chris Olave. I think he he should have gone a little bit higher, but in this circumstance, he falls to the Philadelphia Eagles, and um, he's got a great route running. He's got speed. He's just a little small, but I guess you could say that about Garrett Wilson. But um, yeah, he's pretty great. Uh, I think he'd be a good fit for Philly. They get themselves another wide receiver for the third year in a row. And uh, maybe trade off Jalen Rager. Whoa. Whoa. They might get rid of Jalen. But um, anyway, back to number 19, New Orleans. Uh, they, were, they were in the safety uh, market this free agency period. And I think since they didn't address it right away during free agency, even though it's still going, I think they get themselves a guy in Dax Hill from Michigan. Uh, I think he's going to be versatile. I think a lot of people don't realize how good he is. I think people are going to think I uh, kind of reached for him, but I think he belongs in this spot. And then Pittsburgh, I was thinking about drafting a defensive lineman, but I'm like, hey, Kenny Pickett's still on the board. Let's go ahead and get ourselves Kenny Pickett. So they draft Kenny Pickett. Have him sit behind Mitch Trubisky for a year, or even maybe uh, compete for starter with Mitch Trubisky. Um, I don't know. Uh, Kenny Pickett's one of those interesting guys because he's kind of older entering the draft, so and he only had one like amazing season. Because when you look at his uh, past three years, he he wasn't like he wasn't doing too hot. So, but. Yeah, he, he looked pretty good last year, and hopefully he uh, translates into the NFL and he either learns under Mitch Trubisky or they compete for the starting job together and uh, it becomes the start of the Steelers. At number 21, I have New England, and they sat still and they got the guy they wanted. They wanted Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah. Devin Lloyd is one of the most versatile linebackers. He just does everything super well. He's got speed, and he's got vision. So he can, he stops run uh, run games very well. And I think that's why he'd be great for New England. At number 22, Green Bay. This one was interesting because Green Bay is not known for selecting wide receivers in the first round it's been a long time like the civil war happened the last time they chose a freaking wide receiver but in this case hopefully they decide to be reasonable and they choose or logical and decide to choose Traylon Burks wide receiver from Arkansas get Aaron Rodgers weapons we need weapons for Aaron Rodgers so that's what they do for him. They get him a weapon and Traylon Burks. Number 23, we see a lot of things the uh, Cardinals can do. Um, I just read that they picked up Kyler Murray's fifth-year option. So they got DeAndre Hopkins. They got A.J. Green. Um, I think we're good there. They could have gone... They could have gone offensive line because they, they are missing some, some pieces that uh, left in free agency. But I see George Karlaftis sitting on the board. So I go George Karlaftis to address the edge issue because um, you don't want just J.J. Watt and, uh, I don't know, Marcus Golden to 
be your two edge rushers because you got Chandler Jones, he left, so now you can you could get your new guy in. You can get George Carlaptis, big dude, uh, and he's tough. So that's what the Cardinals need on defense is a tough guy. They got J.J. Watt there too. Uh, Cowboys, they could have gone wide receiver if there was one worth picking on in the spot they're at. That They also could really use offensive tackles because they lost quite a bit. Um, I know a lot of people are saying they should go wide receiver, but I feel like C.D. Lamb is enough and Michael Gallup. I feel like those two guys could at least hold it down for now. And maybe they can get one in the second round. But I think they go Tyler Smith from Tulsa and get themselves a tackle because they're missing their right tackle. Uh, I think they're missing a guard. So they might as well address at least the right tackle spot. All right, Bills, I I just kind of went generic with this. I, I just gave them Brees Hall running back. Get them a guy in the backfield that they love. And uh, hopefully it just sets the team into, like, uh, where they can get past the bump of the AFC championship or playoff games. I would really like them to win the AFC championship and go to the uh, the Super Bowl. So hopefully Brees Hall works out to be that guy to get him to the Super Bowl. We look at Tennessee at 26. I am going for protection for Tannehill. Getting Zion Johnson guard from Boston College. Um, nothing too flashy about that pick, but they need protection because uh, Tannehill was getting killed in the backfield this year or this past season, and uh, they got AJ Brown there. Hopefully, uh, they figure out contract extensions. Um, maybe address wide receiver in later rounds. And um, yeah, so then Tampa Bay is next, and there's a few. I was thinking they could go corner, but in this case, you know, I'm thinking about this, and I I actually am gonna put a corner here. All right, I'm gonna actually put a safety. I'm gonna put Lewis Scene from Georgia, the safety. I feel like they need that guy up there, so we'll, we'll put him there. And I feel like he deserves to be in the first round, so we'll put him there. And uh, we'll look at Green Bay at 28, and I feel like they go Arnold Ibikiti. I I'm sorry, I cannot pronounce his name, but he's from Penn State, edge rusher. Get themselves an edge guy. So they get a wide receiver and an edge in this draft. They could have gone tackle or something, but when I see that uh, Kenyon Green or Tyler Linderbaum is my options, I probably just go with uh, best player available, which was Arnold uh, Ebikitie, in my opinion. So we put him there. Uh, I was going to have the Chiefs trade up their two picks for a premier wide receiver, but I think they feel comfortable with these two picks. They get themselves a corner in Andrew Booth. And then they also get a guy in Christian Watson, wide receiver from North Dakota State. And I know they don't they have not addressed they, they've lost their big guy in Tyran Matthew on safety, but I feel like they really need to address corner because they cannot stop people. Uh even if it like even with Tyran Matthew up there. So I feel like it'd be more important to address corner right now. And then maybe later rounds go for a safety. 
And then Christian Watson, he, he he needs a little work, but the dude's fast and he's big, so maybe it might translate well. Have a Travis Kelsey and Christian Watson. You got McCole Hardman. Uh, hopefully that works out. Uh, and at 31, there's not a guy that um, Cincinnati feels comfortable taking. I mean, they could take Tyler Kyler, Tyler Linderbaum. Um, but I feel like they got some, some protection for, uh, Joe Burrow and there's not a corner on the board that in my opinion would be worth taking here. Oh man. I, I, I think they take, I think they go Devonte Wyatt defensive tackle, uh, defensive lineman from Georgia just to boot, uh, booster up that defensive line, get them uh, a little bit more dominant in the trenches, as they would say, and then address corner in the second round. Uh, maybe even trade up in the second round for a guy like Kyler Gordon or something. Um, and then at 32, I think this is where the Lions get their quarterback to develop, and it would be Matt Corral from Ole Miss. I love Matt Corral. I think he... I think he a lot of people overlook some of the things, and I know he runs in a lot of RPOs at Ole Miss, but I feel like the RPOs can translate, and uh, if he sits a year behind Jared Goff, who's been through uh, playoffs, regular season, Super Bowl, he, he, he could at least teach Matt Corral a, a thing or two. So that's what I think, and I feel pretty comfortable with this uh, mock draft. The only thing I might would have changed was that Kansas City trades up for to get their guy and like Jamison Williams or something, because Jamison Williams would fit perfect in Kansas in my opinion. Um, or even Seattle trading back, because Seattle's just trying to rebuild right now, even though they won't admit it. Um, yeah, I feel really comfortable with this draft. If you guys enjoyed this, let me know because, uh. Hopefully this is correct, by the way. I, random thought. I know I was just asking about something else. But uh, I, I would love to see how many, I, how many of these I get right, how many of these I get wrong. If this ages well or if it's just ages absolutely horrifically. But uh, I don't know. Hopefully it uh, turns out pretty good. Hopefully the Giants get themselves Evan Neal because if not, I probably am going to dread making a, a draft review. Because I, I just don't think I could bear with the thought of not getting a guy like Evan Neal or Iki Iguanu at five. Or I, I would be a little bit more comfortable if they got a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau or uh, Sauce Gardner. But other than that, I'd be heartbroken, <laughs> to say the least. So, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this. Uh, I know it wasn't a super long podcast, but it shouldn't be super long because it's a mock draft. Nobody wants to hear me preach about why a, a team should take a certain player and uh even though i'm not an nfl scout so yeah hopefully you guys enjoyed uh i think we'll do another podcast after the draft and see kind of how well or bad the draft went so maybe bring on some guest speakers we'll see uh until then uh Hope you enjoy yourselves. Hope you enjoy the draft. I'm going to say today because that's when I'm going to release it is draft day. This is the day before for me. 
but hopefully you enjoy and uh yeah it'll be a be a great night so we'll see how it goes all right until then see you next time